Hey everyone, this is Jake and welcome to another episode of the Garage Gym Experiment podcast. Today we have Shane and Josh Rogers who are brothers and the founders of RPM Training Co. way back in 2012 and they're currently working on growing Adam, which has been described as the Peloton of functional fitness. Shane, Josh, thanks for taking the time to talk. Excellent. Thanks for having us, Jake. Yeah, thanks for having us. All right. I appreciate it. So before we get into the story of RPM and Adam, what are some other things that you guys could share about yourself? For example, any interests, hobbies, family, et cetera, anything outside of business? Well, we're brothers. Yeah. <laughs> and we, I won't have you guess which one of us is older, although he's got a really big gray I'm, beard right now. I'm so. giving it away now with my beard. Yeah, I would, is, guess, I would guess Josh. Josh <laughs> is almost a decade older, but... People okay. always think he's oh, younger. Don't say it like that. <laughs> I don't think you've ever said it like that. <laughs> I really tried to ex extend that runway. <laughs> we have a lot of kids between us. So we've got, I've got four, Shane's got three. So essentially when we're not, you know, busy working on RPM and Adam, we're tending to family things, which is awesome. Our kids are best friends and share a lot of the same hobbies. So they, they ski together. My son just started jujitsu with his two older boys and we live really close. So nice. our families get together a lot. What's the oldest and youngest? We go from Skylar <laughs> almost two. Yeah. Shane's youngest is almost two and my oldest is almost 18. Okay, nice. So there's a big gap. Cool. What about you, Jake? Do you, do you have kids? Yeah, I have a uh, six-year-old in kindergarten and then a seven-month-old. I heard you talk about that on a recent podcast, but I wasn't sure if that was how re how new that podcast was. So yeah, you you've got a little one, real little one. Yeah, I think this podcast we've only been doing for like four months, so they're all pretty oh, okay. pretty new. Yeah, we're <laughs> we're pumping out a good amount, but yeah, I'm kind of in the thick of things. Yeah, you are seven months. Ooh. Yeah, I haven't slept through the night other than a. A night or two out of town since so <laughs> but you know can't complain but yeah i'm with you guys outside of uh business it's pretty much just family time right now i suppose if uh given some magical extra time we love just being outdoors and we're, we live close to the ocean so beach time water time i love to get to tahoe more often so just a lot of outdoor stuff i think would probably be my go to if I had more time to put into it. Right. I, I figured with the branding of the website and such. All right. So can you take us back to 2012 when you, you guys started RPM? Where were you guys at in terms of career at that time? I had been working for a big technology company, again, for almost a decade, just to kind of give you guys a little bit of background. My background's in product design, engineering, leading large engineering teams across like cross-divisional projects. So I had spent a lot of my early career in tech. Uh, and then Josh had spent most of his career in training at that point. Yeah, I guess in 2012, I was eight years into my community, local community gym, one of the earliest CrossFit affiliates. So yeah, I was plugging away at that and we were sort of getting super, I guess 2012. So backing up a little bit further, uh, it took us a few years to get RPM launched because the concept was actually for the rope initially was developed more in the 2008, 2009 timeframe. 
so those few years between then and, and launch, we spent iterating on prototypes and testing different, you know, handle concepts and that kind of thing. And, you know, a lot of that comes from Shane and I had the gym. So we had like this perfect testing ground where we could take something that, you know, was a, a concept and throw it into the hands of all of our members and, and see what they thought. Yeah, that seems like a nice combination. All right. So next question I had was tell us about the founding of the company. So it sounds like you launched in 2012, but what were you doing a few years before to help to start developing that product? I had started the design consultancy at that point. So working on a whole kind of broad spectrum of products from consumer electronics to kids toys to um, things that were more um, recreational directed. And Josh and I were also training like quite a bit at that time at his gym. And we noticed pretty quickly that it was actually during a workout called Rhiannon, which is 10 minutes of double unders. One of our key athletes, his rope broke in the middle of the workout. And we had another rope kind of ready to go. And then the double under was also something that we were personally, a skill we were also personally developing, but seeing a lot of people at the gym struggling with kind of right out the gate. And so kind of, it, it wasn't so much like an aha in that one moment, but it, we had been talking about doing something together for a long time. And it, there was a very like low risk way of saying, Hey, I think we could make a better jump rope, which seems like a really simple thing to say. And so we just, we made a few for the gym and it, it was better, but it wasn't nearly the rope that we have today. I think to Got just it. add on to that, that same competition um, I think I used like this heavy Nike sort of like plastic corded rope. And then we also had like a, one of those old, just little plastic handle steel aircraft wire cables, you know, in the gym. And just that realization, like what a difference, like a, a better rope can make was like, oh, well, if this is the best thing on the market, which is just that, you know, cheap little plastic handle aircraft cable, like, can we make something better than that? And that's kind of what launched the uh, discovery process. What was the state of the jump rope back then? It was largely like a, a thin wire. So I guess for the people that knew and really cared about the speed of their rope, that, that's one answer. But then just the recreational gym goer would be a different answer. So like in the sport of competitive jump rope, which is a sport, um, <laughs> not yeah. many people know about it. <laughs> These guys and gals are getting the ropes to travel almost like seven revolutions a second. So incredibly fast. So a very different demand than like a beaded rope that maybe you used in elementary school when you were playing on the playground. And so the ropes that they were using were largely a plastic handle connected with just a wire cable between them. Really, um, really basic. No intricacies on the bearing system no intricacies on the way the cable connected to the handles, really a pretty basic design. And then I'd say like the traditional gym goer was probably using something like what Josh would said, like either like a licorice rope, like a, a nylon cable with plastic handles or something to that effect. Leather. Leather. <laughs> yeah. in like the, and also the price point's important. So in the realm of like three to $20 at the most. Gotcha. You guys basically saw a need in the market and took a few years to develop. In 2012, you launched. Can you tell me about actually launching and then maybe what that first year of business looked like for you guys? Yeah, it was fun. We actually launched at the 2012 NorCal Regional in uh, San Jose. And 
you know, it was kind of like one of those things where like, well, we, we think we have something that people will like now, you know, let's see what it, see how it goes. And we actually sold out of our entire inventory at that regional and people were pretty, it was like pretty obvious that all we needed to do was get people to jump with the rope and they were like hooked. Right. And, and I think there's a lot of reasons for that. Um, I think our design hit some nails on the head, um, but also just the very nature of double unders as a movement really drives people, you know, one way or the other in a very passionate way, right? You either love them or hate them. If you're good at them, you're like pumped and it's your favorite day in the gym. If you, if you're not good at them, it's super frustrating. People are throwing ropes in the trees and slamming them on the ground and just, you know, it's just, it's, <laughs> it can be an ugly seed, right? And I just saw that at my gym. And so I think for either one of those people, if you give them a tool that makes them even better at it or gets them from going from zero double unders to five double unders in five minutes, like that's a pretty powerful experience. And so that's what we saw right off the bat. And it was clear that, you know, we had something after that first event. And so we had to hustle and get another run of product done before the games. And this was kind of off and running from there. And I think over that first year, we just saw a lot of athletes in the space pick up the rope, start adopting it as their go-to. And yeah, we were running everything out of the back of my gym, even the back. Of the not gym. even a, I don't even a know. little tiny <laughs> like closet, basically. a closet, basically. Yes, we so were fulfilling was... from a local UPS store that was oh, holding yeah, our inventory that. for a while, and like, yeah, it started started very very small without like a lot of pressure to build something great. That was a pretty important piece of how RPM grew was we were able to build at a cadence that felt really natural and not forced. And then we quickly saw the market start adopting it and we kept getting validation along at these kind of critical time points. Like we'd have athletes at that first event that would literally switch after jumping with the rope for five seconds, they'd go take it on the stage and yeah, compete that was with nerve wracking. Yeah. That was very nerve wracking. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh man, we just built, we've only built about a hundred of these. And are you built- sure you're going to go <laughs> yeah. compete with it? Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure. It's okay. fine. It's fine. So and we also did- had that oh. date in the sand. Yeah. Sorry. So we had that key kind of time point that we were marching towards to make sure we could have product ready by. And of course, I mean, anybody that's launched anything, you never feel ready when you launch, but it was really important to have that date to launch something, even if it wasn't the thing that we would ultimately end up selling, you know, months or even years later. Yeah. What was that date or how, how much time did you give yourself? That's, I, I was trying to think back. We had about, I think four to six months, I would say somewhere kind of in that realm from getting tooling going. One of the things that I was actually, when I was thinking about this the other day, it was funny for anybody that had our first rope, it had this little tiny plastic cap on the top. That was a silicone cap. And that was the only thing we hadn't fully prototyped because we didn't have a tool in time to figure out how much stretch we needed on that cap. And when the caps came in, they didn't do anything except for kind of like plug the top and make it look pretty. So it wasn't super functional. It was just cosmetic. But when we put them on, we immediately realized that we needed to undersize the cap a lot more 
and what was happening is the caps were just popping off. So for people that had our first rope, if anybody's listening to this, you would find these little like white caps, like laying around the gym floor. Cause they would pop off and you just find like a little silicone white RPM cap that would be laying around. It's pretty funny. For years later, people would show up at events with their first rope and they would like still have the caps on them. And we'd be like, you win the prize. How did you do this? You still have caps on your rope. <laughs> One thing I do remember is we were family and friends building ropes in the hotel room at the games, you know, trying to get ready for day one. So it's like, that's as close as it came, right? Uh -huh. Product shipping directly to the hotel or traveling in our suitcases and then assembling them on the spot. Good times. <laughs> good times, I'm sure. I'm sure there's some good memories there, but I'm guessing you're glad that it's over with. When did you first see competition creeping up in terms of people saying, oh, you guys are onto something. We need to try and match what they're doing pretty pretty quickly but we also filed for a provisional patent like right away we kind of keyed in on one of the main components that has made the rope so great is the fact that it the handles are fixed on the end of the cable but they can also rotate around the cable so if you imagine in like functional training where you drop the rope and pick it up and drop it and pick it up you don't want to pick it up and have your handles like somewhere mid midway down the cable but you also don't want to worry about your handles rotating relative to each other, like, cause you can build up torque in that cable. So we had filed a patent well before we even launched around that kind of concept, a handle that's fixed on the end that can also rotate around the cable to prevent that torque buildup. So we did see copycats pretty quickly, but we were in a really strong IP position to continue to protect that. All right. So you have a product and it's clear that people want this and you have a market with CrossFit. Can you talk to us about just what did the next five years or so look like? Was it like a rocket ship or was it just kind of a steady build and uh, you just ultimately found your spot in the market? I mean, we bootstrapped the business from day one. So it wasn't like we had a ton of resources to put behind marketing or anything. So we scrapped for a long time and um, did things, you know, Shane and I, I mean, we're still on site at events, building and doing construction and stuff, you know, ourselves, because that's kind of the way we've always done it. But yeah, those first few years afterwards, I think we started realizing a few things that the jump rope was an interesting product, but it was also like a decent foundation for a brand because it's literally like the one thing that a consumer needs to own for a CrossFit style program. Like you can share dumbbells and kettlebells and rowers and pull-up bars and everything. But if you don't have your own rope, like it's a pretty bad experience to try to use the class ropes. And to go along with that, you've got the coaches and the gym owners recommending that everyone get their own ropes. And I'm not so sure there's another product or at least piece of equipment that, it, that shares those qualities. So we thought, well, this is something that's very personal to people. So let's start like giving them fun colors and letting them engrave their names on the handles and funny catchphrases. And we've had marriage proposals and some pretty <laughs> funny sayings, you know, that pop up on social media with people engraving their ropes and stuff. And so that became like, it's almost like the rope became more of like a symbol of the lifestyle than just like a tool to conquer double unders. And so we thought, well, this is kind of like our foundational piece, but where can we go from here? And I think we started putting athletes in uh, RPM kind of apparel pretty, pretty quick off the bat because it's pretty hard to showcase a rope because it's a product that's so small unless you've got like up close 
macro style product photography it's pretty hard to show in the image so we want our brand to stand out even if it's you can't see exactly the rope up close and Shane and I come from like I was saying earlier love of action sports and outdoors and we're you know we grew up in the Santa Cruz area and just have this love of art and design and that sort of surf culture roots and so we started putting that into our brand. Um, it felt very authentic to us. If we were going to go source artists, we were going to do that from the local community. And we were going to, you know, try to eventually realize that we should try to bridge that gap between functional training and action sports or outdoors or adventure as a broader term, maybe. Um, so we started doing that. And that kind of led to a bunch of different developments in the company, which um, we can get into, but designing our own functional swimwear line and eventually getting into technical apparel and, and leggings and, you know, training shorts and that kind of thing. That makes sense. That is a, an interesting point about the jump rope. I, I think about my, so my wife goes to a CrossFit gym. She loves CrossFit and she in her backpack every day, she takes her shoes. She does take a belt. So you have the belt yeah. mm -hmm. and then she loves her RPM jump rope. Ah, so, that's great. Oh so, yeah. <laughs> Didn't tell you that, but yeah, she, uh, so yeah, that's a good point. Like, you don't really want to share a jump rope or a belt. Yeah, they get like wrangled and typically the gyms are buying cheap ones because, you know, there's a big price difference. But it sounds like you pretty much had the, the jump rope and you just built around that. When did you think that you were going to make it as a company? It sounds like you had a few other things going on. When did you know like this was something that you should really go all in? You may still be nervous a little bit, but you are no longer nervous that this wouldn't be a thing in five years or so. I think we knew right away that we had like a solid product market fit. And I think our expectations on what we were building from the beginning were pretty modest. And so we got like very quick validation at that first event. I, I, we knew people wanted it, but we weren't sure at that point, up until that point, that people would pay a certain premium for it. And it's, it's important, I think, to go back, you were saying, what did the ropes look like on the market? They were like three to 15 to $20, maybe kind of was the price point. And we came in higher than that because it was machined aluminum. It had bearings. It had like, it was significantly a premium product over what the market had seen. I think our biggest uncertainty is would people pay a premium for a premium product? Um, was, yeah. was there a market there? And we got that right away. Um, so I think that was maybe our biggest concern out the gate. We knew we would be able to build a great product. And then I think to answer your question, the second part of the question is like, when were we all in? Um, it, it really took like baby steps because we all had, everybody was doing this kind of in addition to something else at the beginning. So Josh was running a gym. I had a design agency I was running. And then I think once we started to key in on this bigger vision of what RPM could become, which is kind of what Josh was talking about, of this idea that there needs to be a brand that really bridges between action sports, adventure, and training. That's when we all kind of put our heads together and said, oh, there's a, a much bigger white space here than we thought. And we already were really uniquely positioned to offer that. And we already have this direct line of communication with our consumer because we've built that base over the last several years. Can you tell us about some mistakes you made along the years? Yeah, maybe not a mistake, but I think the cap is a good example to go back to just to kind of build on that story. I think 
you don't really, you think you know a few things, but until you actually get something in hand, um, the way you model it isn't always the way it comes out. And so that's why people prototype quickly and test quickly. And with that sort of tooling, there was a lead time that was kind of preventing us at that time from being able to test that quickly enough. So it wasn't like a catastrophic failure and kind of looking back, it's kind of a funny story now, but yeah, I think everybody says like test quickly, fail fast and continue that feedback loop. We've always been one to get in front of the consumer and want to talk to them directly, either whether it be at events in the gym training, like constantly feeling connected to the person that we're building for has always been really important. And we are the consumer too. I guess that's the other thing is we train together, our company culture, we all break at noon and we still train together. We are the users and lovers of the brand that we've built, which is, which has been huge uh, in order to keep this thing moving. Makes sense. On the other hand, any favorite product releases or just simply an upgrade that you added to the rope over time? Um, I think let's not make that rope specific if possible, because we do have some really favorite products that we just launched in the last few months <laughs> that I think, um, okay, yeah, we, yeah. What, what I would speak to first is Josh and I each probably have a favorite product that we've launched in the last few months. I'm obsessed with the pull-up bar that we just built, which is the first adjustable pull-up bar. So if you can imagine, you can mount it on your wall and it folds flat when you're not using it or you, right yeah, you can almost see it behind <laughs> him there. Um, yeah. and then you can fold it out just with like two handles, almost like brake levers, and then you click it in and it's as rigid as rigid could be. So that's a product and that we're all super proud of and, um, something that didn't exist in the market just a few months ago. I love our dumbbells. Yeah. <laughs> like every time, every time I use them, I'm like, oh, these are so awesome. And, uh, I mean, we can get into why that is. I, I guess I can go into a little bit now, but we put a barbell standard handle on them. And so going from, you know, I mean, think about it, we've been doing, you know, functional training or CrossFit with bodybuilding dumbbells for the last 10 years and mm -hmm. nobody's thought anything of it. And it's like, well, these big fat contoured handles are fine. If you're doing like heavy incline press, they're actually great for that. But if you're trying to do like a hundred alternating dumbbell snatches, that's not ideal. Right. And so then on top of that, we just created this new shape for the head of the dumbbell that allows for it to be stable when you put it down. So it's not going to roll away from you, but it's just so much better on your body when you're doing like thrusters or front squats or farmer carries. And it's not like, you know, digging into your wrist with a sharp edge or anything like that. So every time I use them, I'm, I'm like so happy with how they turned out. And, you know, as usual, we, you know, press ourselves pretty heavily on time frame and, you know, production speed. And so, um, sometimes there's a, a bit of a roll of the dice there and just hoping that things are going to come out like we, like we intend. And, uh, I just feel like we really nailed that. So <laughs> very cool. Yeah. Let's talk about those products here in a bit as well. How did COVID change your business? Oh, well, we kind of saw it from both sides because we had the gym still. And so on the gym side, obviously that was brutal. So right. we, we were in one of the most uh, restricted counties in the whole country. And so we had to close our gym basically um, like everyone, most of other people did. And the other thing about that though, is that we didn't just have a gym. We also had this product business. And in the early days, you know, there was some questions about what, how they, you know, we were going to be able to operate that business as well. So there was this dance between like, 
you know, if I had only had the gym, if I was only by myself with the gym, you know, there may have been different decisions made because that was our, everything was weighing on the gym being successful or surviving even. Right. But because we had both sides of this, we had to think about, okay, well, we need to make sure that we can still ship product, produce product, receive product, assemble product, you know, take orders online and everything. So we had to shut the gym down obviously for a pretty good long time. So that was rough on that side. But as we all know, the fitness sort of e-com market kind of boomed during COVID. So the jump ropes actually, you know, obviously did okay. That's, that's a product right. that a lot of people are going to get for their home. So that was kind of our, our initial experience was, you know, rough on the gym side. Um, things, as long as we could continue operating, were okay on the, on the product and e-com side. I would just add kind of one thing to that too, is I think my head went right back to that first concern and doubt we had when we first launched the product is like, we've built a market now around a $65 jump rope, 65 to $100 jump rope. But does the market still warrant that if people are in economic distress, are they going to start selecting more towards the three to $20 jump rope? And so it, it really was like, went full circle from when we first launched the brand. And I think at that point, people really still saw the value in that premium product. And um, we, we were able to continue to fulfill those orders through the lockdown, which was great. And then I think probably the final piece, which we'll piggyback on here is obviously our whole company was kind of dispersed and sent home. So we were all operating remotely for the first time ever. And we were used to breaking for lunchtime workouts every single day at the gym. And so like, we didn't want to miss out on that. So we started training remotely over zoom together with one of our coaches or from the gym and leading classes that way. And it ended up being a better experience than we probably initially had imagined. And real quick, before we move on to Adam, Josh, how was your time split? Were you still running the gym as it closed? Like, was it, was it your gym and was it like 50, 50 gym time versus RPM or how, yeah. How was that split? Actually in 2016, we went ahead and just absorbed the gym with RPM. So the gym went from being, you know, an LLC under my sole control into being basically a subsidiary of RPM. And so we decided that the gym business at that point was obviously a lot smaller than the overall RPM business, but it was still like a really great proving ground and community builder and um, team builder even. So we wanted to keep it going and we thought, you know, it just made sense to kind of like rebrand the gym as the RPM sort of headquarters. And so we did that in 2016. So by the time COVID came around, we had had a few years where I wasn't solely running the gym. We had, you know, had a manager, front desk people, that kind of thing. Um, and it was more of like a, a, an operation that RPM was, you know, handling as opposed to me just doing it solely. I was still programming and managing a lot of the coaches and stuff like that, but not by myself, which was nice. And a lot of, yeah, like you said, a lot of it was like one plus one equals three. It's, it's helping you run this equipment business as well, because you have constant people are constantly probably bringing you ideas and telling you what's good about the equipment and what's bad. So, all right. So, so gyms are shut down and you guys are working out at home on zoom with everybody that goes to the gym. What was the, I know what you're, I know you're getting at. Yeah. yeah, What was the origin story behind the idea of Adam? Well, I think 
backing up a little bit, we had some hard goods kind of in the pipeline that we wanted to produce to bring alongside the rope. So um, the exo box, which you can kind of see behind me was one of them. And we had been testing that in the gym for quite a while. And, and we actually did some front loaded marketing on that and kind of a, a test on to see what the interest was in the community and got a really good response. So that was kind of like in the pipeline, along with a couple other things when COVID hit. And then you know, so that kind of put the brakes on that stuff, you know, individually. But as we started adapting to like the, the new COVID rules and the remote coaching and stuff, we thought, well, this is interesting because now we have all of these products kind of in the pipeline and maybe it makes sense to launch them more as a, a collection as opposed to individual. And, and there, was, there was some even struggle internally about how we do that and have it make sense like, oh, now you have a plyo box like that maybe sounds a little bit weird, but if we just went ahead and continued down that path of like, what are the, the most potent with minimal amount of equipment that you could actually use in a garage gym scenario. And because at the time when we were training over zoom, something Shane and I realized quickly was like, well, this is fun, but if you're using a 70 pound kettlebell and I've got 50 pound dumbbells for the workout, it's not really apples to apples anymore. So you lose like a bit of that competition factor and that camaraderie. And so like, oh, well, it would be great if we just had like the, all the same equipment kit and then we all were following the same programming and then that would, you know, make a lot of sense on, you know, how we could recreate sort of that vibe that we got at the gym every day. I don't know if I answered your question. Shane probably yeah. knows what I missed. <laughs> I'll kind of build on that. I, that is true. Yeah. All I had, one of the few things I had was a 70 pound kettlebell and I got so good at swinging a 70 pound <laughs> kettlebell <laughs> that has since disappeared. But yeah, I think we were getting, being that we were experts in the space, at least amongst our peers and kind of our gym members and the local community, we were getting calls constantly of like, Hey, I want to start training from home. And I've maybe never done strength training. Like what equipment should I get? And then where do I get it? And so we, so that conversation would look like Jake, you would call and I'd say, okay, maybe you need a set of dumbbells and you need a kettlebell and maybe a, you know, plyometrics box. Okay. You're going to get this at this site and this at this site. And then the question is, well, what size dumbbells do I get? What size kettlebell? And we had a personal relationship with that person. So we could kind of guide them correctly. And then, then that became what program do I follow? And so the big disconnect is I could say, okay, like, um, 50 pound dumbbells are appropriate for you, Jake, but that depends on how we're going to write the program, what the loading is going to be like, what, um, what the sets are going to look like. So maybe fifties really isn't appropriate if you're following program a, but it's appropriate if you're following program B. And so that process just kept happening over and over. And we quickly realized like one, we were really uniquely positioned as a brand to build on the product line that we had already developed, kind of given our backgrounds and then based on our background of kind of leading larger engineering teams and also kind of our authenticity in the space. I mean, we'd been around at that point for years and years and had a real solid community that had kind of believed in us and helped us build the brand over the years that we, if anyone could build the single source solution that could answer all those questions. And that's really the only way to do it is if you get your gear and your programming and like the delivery all from one place, we can ensure that the gear that I say, Jake is appropriate for you is going to then translate to the program that's appropriate to the gear that you have. And I would just maybe add one more thing to that for anybody that was following a program at home and maybe missing a piece, you'll totally understand how frustrating it is when you go to do the workout 
and you, you, you're all set and you have everything ready to go. And you look at the workout for the day and you're like, crap, I'm missing rings or I'm missing a pull-up bar. Well, I guess I'm doing dumbbell rows or, <laughs> you know, modifying something. And that sort of next step of building your own program is a pretty advanced expectation on a consumer that's new to the space. So we felt like we could bring something to the masses that solved all those problems. And, and that was Adam. Got it. So were your original thoughts on Adam, did it turn out how you planned, like taking from that first idea, how does that compare to what it actually is today? And while you're at it, just could you pretend you're talking to someone who's never seen it? Could you explain what Adam is to them? Yeah, I think the quick sort of elevator response to that is it is a combination of the training methodology that we all know and love and know that's like so, so powerful combined with the gear that you need to do it and the delivery system that you need to, uh, you know, give you your workouts every day. Um, and then I would add to that plus the content to go ahead and allow you to follow that delivery or that programming, you know, um, from a day-to-day basis. From a new person's perspective, this is really cool because uh, if you, you know, don't have a gym that's local to you, or you just don't have the time to get to the gym every day, or you don't have the funds to get to the gym, there's a lot of reasons why people can't learn this in a gym environment. We actually are able to take the new person from ground zero and, you know, through the process day by day, just like you would in like the beginning of your, your sort of gym in gym journey and get you to a place where you feel comfortable training in this methodology, which clearly is a a bit more complicated than just sitting on a bike and pedaling. Right. So what we're doing every day is that every day there's a, a workout that's programmed. We also have a coach on screen with three athletes taking those athletes through that class. And so from the new person's perspective, you get a lot of what you get in an in-person environment because you're even in a group in group fitness, you're not getting one-on-one coaching every minute of every class. And what you do is you take the cues that the coach gives the group and you apply them to yourself. And so that is actually really effective, even in a digital environment. So we thought, well, if we could allow the person who's getting that workout delivered to them to follow along a class that's being run with that same workout and a coach who's really skilled and is delivering cues to the people that he has in front of him, you could apply them to yourself. So that's great for that new person. And then for the person who's more experienced, there's also this factor of not feeling so alone in the gym and missing sort of that competition factor. So what's really cool is now when I work out, I can just push play on our content. I've got maybe an athlete that I recognize from some other workouts that I feel like, oh, is maybe around my same fitness level. And I can actually feel like, and I don't intend to do this, but it's inevitable in the middle of the workout, you're kind of curious, where is that person at? Am I pacing off of them? Am I ahead of them? And there's that little extra boost that you get from that competition factor, which is just makes it a lot more fun than sort of, you know, relying on your, your own pacing and your own, you know, motivation to just, uh, sometimes that's hard to, to push as hard as you might otherwise, if there wasn't someone in front of you. Got it. Is any of this live? Not today, but it's very close to live. We film within a few weeks of when the episodes are airing right now. Okay. So I think live, live is coming, um, but not, not true live yet. Okay. And when did you actually release this? 
the product launched, we did a soft launch at the CrossFit games this year in August. So that was kind of the first time we, the public saw what we were building and they could come actually to the campgrounds and do a workout and experience it in real time. And we could talk about what that was like from our perspective. That was super fun um, to actually see people just pressing play literally and doing it as if they'd been something they've been doing their whole entire lives, like how natural it felt. So that was another big validation point. And then we started shipping product late November um, and made the product live late November. So end of last year, and now we're up and running um, entirely. We have gear, we're fulfilling very quickly and our community is growing. So I'm curious, would you say your, your target audience is people who are working out full-time at home, or is it more of like you go to a CrossFit gym and you know, it's, it's tough to make, make it in every single day based off of like your schedule. So you might have a workout from home a few times a week. Would you say it's one or the other or some sort of combination or other? I'd be curious. Yeah. Good question. I think something that Shane and I and the team all realize is that brick and mortar and in-person gym communities aren't going anywhere, you know, even in this post COVID sort of world. And, but what we do think is going to be the, the sort of new state of things is this hybrid model where people are, like you said, even if they belong to a gym, they can't make it in probably as much as they would like to work out. And until now there hasn't been a great solution to um, bridging that gap between your training you do in your garage and the training you do in the gym. So we're actually getting really close to launching an Adam affiliate model to go along with the whole programming so that if you are a member at an Adam affiliate, you, your programming will sync up to what you're doing in the gym, outside the gym. And then from a gym owner's perspective, that's pretty cool because now you have that connection to your members, whether they're at home or in your gym, you can find your buddies on the same leaderboard, whether you did it at home or in the gym and that kind of thing. So I think to answer your question, it, it is, it's both of those things. Um, obviously some people will work out at home exclusively because that's just their thing. But we also know that there's a big subset of people who are going to be, um, are just going to love the flexibility of getting to the gym, seeing their friends, having that community, but also staying with their plan and not feeling like they're missing their, their training if they can't make it to the gym one day because they were busy at work or their kid had a t-ball game or, you know, whatever the case may be. We also have multiple programs in there. So I think, like you said, you spent a few nights away from home. So like on those days, you know, you're, you're out of sync and maybe you only have access to a hotel gym or something. We have a program that's dumbbells only. So basically we can kind of meet our community wherever they are, whether that, you know, they, they couldn't make it to the gym that night because they had to drop their kid off at soccer or, or, you know, then they train maybe that evening at home but also make sure that the next day when they do go into the gym, if it, if it, they are part of the Adam affiliate, they wouldn't have like a heavy back squat on Tuesday and then another heavy back squat on Wednesday. That was one of my primary concerns, or let's just say you want to pick up a workout at home, but you go to a different gym. I'm guessing you can go back and select a random workout. Completely. Yeah. And are you still able there? I'm guessing there's also like a leaderboard that you can yeah. like see where the, I think the leaderboard is huge as someone who only works out at home. I think that's something that would like really motivate me is just like seeing a, a, a leaderboard. I think that's one thing that's missing from the home gym community. Obviously we're all doing random programming and workouts and et cetera, but I think there's some sort of 
leaderboard that that's missing. There's only a portion into the CrossFit, but there's also potential for other sorts of programs. Of, yeah, programs. yeah, sure. So yeah, we're, so yeah we're... I think you guys are on to something. I think uh, that is huge. Outside of the leaderboard, I would just be curious to hear because I know there's there's some other like home gym programming that become huge. And they have really strong communities that pick each other up. You know, when, when you're working out from home, it can, sometimes it can be a little bit tough to get motivated and, you know, things like a leaderboard uh, help, but you also have uh, communities that um, are always giving tips or just motivating each other. I'm, I'm so curious to hear what your community looks like these days and um, how plans to keep them happy or or what's your game plan with that going forward? Yeah, let me go back to the leaderboard just real quickly before we answer that community question. Because I think the leaderboard, you nailed it, is something that is largely missing in kind of the space right now. And we've done some really unique things there. So it basically, we have a leaderboard that everybody can fall on collectively. So the way we didn't get into the details of how the workouts are written and the different kit levels, but basically we have three levels of kits that we program program around every day. Our base kit, which is when you said how far from what we launched was our initial vision. So our initial vision was essentially access kit, which is a plyometrics box, a set of dumbbells, a kettlebell, a sandbag, um, some mobility tools, a jump rope, et cetera. And so that's our access kit. The step up from that is fly. And that gets you the barbell or sorry, the pull-up bar and the gymnastic strings. And then the step up from that is power, which is a barbell and plates. And so every day when you come on to do the workout, you're showing your version of the workout based on kind of your fitness level. Um, so what that means is like the loading will be appropriate for you and the gymnastics movements will be appropriate from you on a scale from one to four. And then the you see your kit version. So if you have the access kit, we're not showing you a workout that has barbell and plates. It's um, a modified version of what the, maybe the power of the workout would look like, but using a sandbag, for example. And so with that, you have those different levels. And when you configure your workout based on exactly how you did it, you get a level score based on a difficulty score, essentially. And then you either have time or reps. And the way the leaderboard is functioning is a combination of taking into consideration your level across all the different movements and your score, whether it be reps or time, and then placing you on the leaderboard. And so that, that whole concept of being infinitely configurable on how you can set up your workout facilitates a really cool leaderboard experience. And then you can obviously have all the social features that you'd imagine on a social platform. So you can chat and comment and like and yeah. tag each other. And so that leaderboard part then kind of feeds into your community question. And what's great about that is from a scaling perspective, you most leaderboards, you're going to fall on either the scaled version of the workout or the RX version of the workout or some like, you know, version of that system. But what we do is as you know, like on a day-to-day -day basis, when you're in the gym or when you're training, you don't want to scale a movement that you don't have to scale. And so you want to do the, the whole workout in a way that's most appropriate for your skill set across all the different modalities. So if you're a very strong person who isn't, you know, still working on body weight stuff, you don't have to use a lighter weight just because you're not doing muscle ups for the day, for instance. So what we wanted to make sure we could do is that you could select your scaling level for each individual element in the workout. And then the sort of algorithm behind the scenes will tell you, oh, this is your sort of skill set or skill level that you've 
completed the workout at. And so that way you can be placed on the leaderboard appropriately as opposed to, you know, being forced to, to scale the whole workout, even though you don't have to. That's something where that's really cool and really fun. And just on the community side of that, like it doesn't take a lot of your friends or a lot of people, you know, to be inside that leaderboard to really make each day meaningful. Right. So even if you had six or eight friends who were all doing this, which is, you know, a, a pretty um, easy hurdle to clear, if you know, it's the idea spreads throughout your group of friends or your community. It's like so fun to see them on the leaderboard and to be able to, you know, talk shit and like make comments on their workouts and give them a little, a little like or whatever. So I think the combination of those two things should be really cool going forward. Yeah, that's interesting. I'm a numbers guy. So that algorithm piques my interest. <laughs> oh, um, it gets better. Yeah. Is, is we that could probably talk an hour about that? Just <laughs> yeah, that I'm, I'm sure. <laughs> and that's all housed within the app. Yep. Mm-hmm. Cool. So you guys started as, as like a gym and just a selling products. And now you're kind of like a tech company seems like, can you, <laughs> can you tell me what it, what it takes to run a company like this? Do you have a group of engineers and uh, yeah. Could you just tell me how that's evolved? Yeah, so that that's changed quite a bit. I mean, our team has grown significantly over the past year um, to kind of add all that functionality and kind of build out those different disciplines. Um we probably at a fault are vertically integrated and like to do things on our own. Um, so basically everything you see from our brand has been developed in-house. So we rely on a very small group of people to kind of help facilitate that, but from product design to product development, to engineering, um, all that is housed inside of RPM, including our tech stack and tech team that have built the Atom platform. So unlike a lot of other companies at our size, we're not leaning on an existing technology platform, mm-hmm. which is difficult in that we're building it from scratch, but infinitely fun because whatever we can imagine or dream up is functionality that we can add to the platform. And we can be really quick on doing that because it is our internal team that's building it. And like yeah. right now, um, it is a web-based applications. So um, a lot of people are asking for an iOS app and an Android app and that kind of thing. And that's coming. Um, But it was important for us to start on the web because we can be very nimble about adding features and we don't have to wait for approvals and app stores and that kind of thing. So once the app is to a point where we feel like, you know, it's not going to experience any major changes in, you know, in the near future, we'll be able to put that into a, a more traditional app form and and there are some ways actually to hack it right now. Like, I, I don't think I will even notice because when you when you add the web-based app, because we've really optimized it for mobile so that when you add it to your home screen, it actually feels like you're using an app. But, gotcha. um, but it's fun for now to be able to implement changes and upgrades so quickly. And Shane has become like a, a master project, you know, technology project manager. So uh-huh. I don't know if he's, he's calling on his, uh, his old uh, engineering project manager experience. <laughs> No, I like that. Um, I think this is a conversation that I don't have with most other gym equipment suppliers. (laughs) But, you know, it brings me back because I I came from tech too before I started doing this. And uh, that is really interesting to me. Moving on, can you tell me about maybe the rest of this year? Like, what are your plans? Do you have any new products or any new features that you could share with us? Yeah, I can add to some of that. And I think one thing you said different than the maybe traditional equipment companies you talk to, we built Adam from the beginning as a 
being entirely equipment agnostic. So like it, I can see your gym in the background, like you could literally hop on the Atom platform and probably do all the workouts, even at the power level because of the equipment that you have. And so given our background and love of product design and engineering and really feeling like we can create products that add more value to the equipment space, um, we've built an amazing line that we're super proud of, but we also are entirely welcoming to anybody that wants to do the workouts with their existing gear or from a gear from one of our friends or partner brands. And so, yeah, so I wanted to make sure that was clear. And then right. what does the next year look like? We'll be adding some additional hardware. So we have some more new gear coming, but our the Access Fly Power Kit is really going to be our foundation. And then the things I'm most excited about are the additional programs, functionality features that are all coming inside of Atom. And really, I mean, what we've done so far is I'd call it our MVP. Uh, and we have so much on the roadmap that's coming over the next 12 months. Again, not constrained in any way by a platform really only constrained by our imagination. What about five years? Do you have any plan? <laughs> Is that too far ahead or are you looking at other verticals or would you like to add even more equipment? Just curious to see where you see the company in, in five years. Uh, you mentioned like live. That's a good example of something I'd be curious to know. So I think we're constantly asking ourselves, how can we make it more engaging? How can we make it more fun? How can we make this as sticky as possible? How do we make sure people are coming back day after day, excited to train? And like when you extrapolate that across a community, across very broad, different backgrounds, whether they're like a traditional gym goer to somebody that's never trained before, there's a bunch of different features that would kind of hit that priority list. And so I think um, one thing I'm really excited about is like the additional programs we're adding. So that's happening quickly. And then when you said like more gear, I think the gear is always a facilitator of the training. So we're not going to add gear unnecessarily unless we feel like we've done something really revolutionary and fun to a piece of traditional equipment, but we will add gear to continue to facilitate the training that we feel is important to deliver through the platform. I think from my perspective, um, so my background was in owning community gyms and so I really get a lot of personal satisfaction out of helping people and delivering something that I feel is so impactful and meaningful to their lives that it was really fun growing a product company. I have a love of design and, you know, have a bit of a fine art background myself. So that part is fun for me, but I think the combination of that along with like being able to deliver this training that we all know is so powerful to a bigger audience is, is pretty fun to think about. And not just in the sense of numbers, but I think also in the sense of like who would may not otherwise be attracted to it. So I think what we can do with Adam and it's kind of like goes back to that sort of ethos of the company where we feel like the action sports, outdoors, sort of active lifestyle community, they would benefit so heavily from, you know, the functional fitness modalities. And yeah. I don't know that that community really realizes that yet. Yeah. And so I feel like we can play a role in bringing this, you know, just incredible training experience to a broader community than may have otherwise been done. And so I think my five-year vision is that it's ubiquitous. It takes the mystery out of it. Now it's seen as something that's really 
fun and attainable and accessible to like a, a broader audience, then I think even after all these years, there's still a, a most or a majority of the population who kind of looks inside to the functional fitness community and is gets like a little, Ugh, you know, like that's, that's scary. I can't do that. Or I need to, I need to get fit before I go into that gym. And, you know, all these kind of, you know, statements and monikers that we hear repeated over and over again. And I just hope that we can maybe play a role in dispelling some of those and bringing the methodology to a broader audience in a way that's a lot more scalable, I guess. Yeah, that makes sense to me. What's it been like growing this company over the years as brothers? <laughs> Vicious. <laughs> <laughs> Horrible. <laughs> No, it's funny. This question keeps coming up and we'd never been asked that until recently. And if one doing something at this magnitude and building a company over the last decade, there's no, I, I have so much respect for people that have done that single founder companies. I mean, it's, there's highs and there's lows and there's nobody better to have at your side than somebody you trust like entirely. And it's hard to beat that with family. And so, I mean, RPM is what it is because we both have such a solid relationship and always have and know that we can trust each other entirely. Yeah, it's awesome. I mean, if you think about just the very nature of being a founder or building a brand or launching a product, like the time demands on that are so insane that you know, if, if we weren't in it with family that we may not ever see each other, you know, like, so yeah. if, if like, if Shane was doing something else, or if I was doing something else and the other one was doing this, it's like, oh, well, I hope to see you at 4th of July. You know, yeah. like, <laughs> so it's like, it's great that we are thrown together in a way that's constructive to both the family dynamic and the business dynamic. I feel you there. Anything else you guys want to talk about before we close this off? Anything that I missed? I think I just want to make sure to give a shout out to our coaches and the platform because it is so fun and we have such incredible coaches. Like that's the other thing I'm so excited about is these coaches, we, we have a platform now where their coaching isn't just limited to their immediate community. It's basically infinitely scalable for these coaches to be seen and really set a really high bar of what it's like to be coached on in this style of training. And we've, we've built kind of our cohort of coaches over the last, you know, 10 years of people that we trust and people that relationships that we've built that we've brought into RPM kind of gradually. And so as that coaching list continues to grow, I'm really excited about that part. And I'm just super excited for kind of the world to see the amazing coaches that we have inside of Adam. Yeah. I think um, just adding to that, when we set out to do Adam, I mean, kind of serendipitously, we launched RPM in the birthplace of CrossFit and functional fitness. So there are a lot of OGs in the space that are, you know, sort of in our area. And one of those was Patrick Barber, who is an OG CrossFit Games athlete and just one of the original CrossFit seminar coaching staff members. And just he's so good at the technical aspects of coaching but also he's just like so dynamic on camera and so comfortable in front of the camera that when we started thinking about adam there wasn't anyone i really thought of other than him to be the perfect head coach so super stoked to have him on board and he's just i in fact shane was talking about when we had him uh when we launched the sort of initial look of adam at the games 
one of the guys who was participating in the class was like, oh, I actually laughed at one of Pat's jokes. And when I, when I did that, I knew you guys were onto something, you know, it's like when you're laughing at the digital coaches jokes, it's like, Oh, okay, this is, this is something interesting here. So um, I'm just super pumped to have him on board and his wife, Tamron, who, who le leads our programming and having someone, cause I programmed for our gym for what, I don't know, 15 years or something like that. And so to have someone, as a team doing that together is like a really fun experience too. So uh -huh. um, I'm, I'm excited for people to get in there and, and try it out. And our community's um, small, we're, we're just getting started, but it's exciting to get a new person in there and then hear their feedback and have them get excited. And even in our local Santa Cruz community, this is maybe I'm rambling now, but uh, we film everything in our studio that we're sitting in right now in Santa Cruz. And in order to produce the content that we need to produce, we need three athletes, like real athletes. So we're not hiring mm -hmm. actors to do this, mm -hmm. right? So to like basically take a class on camera in real time, right? And so that in and of itself is a pretty big lift, but we've been able to engage the community in a way that's becoming kind of a thing in some of our social circles and stuff. And it's pretty fun to see these people like go from thinking that this kind of training wasn't for them and then to just see them really adopt it and take a liking to Pat and the rest of our coaches and, and the programming and everything. So that's been really cool. Yeah, that is awesome. Do you foresee any additional competition with, uh, I'm outside of the CrossFit world, but it seems like there's some sort of turmoil at times. Do you foresee other competitors popping up, leaving the CrossFit uh, team and doing the same thing as you guys? Always. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's always a, a, you know, an opportunity for competition, but that's okay. You know, right. it, there's never one provider for any sort of service or brand. And it's just our job to try and do it better than anyone else. And so that's kind of like how we look at it. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, thanks again for uh, taking the time to do this. Can you just close off by just telling people where to find you guys and maybe one last sales pitch? Yeah, you can find us at rpmtraining.com. Uh, our Instagram is rpmtrainingco. We're, we're constantly looking to add people to the platform and get feedback. So anybody that's listening that hops in the platform and checks it out, um, we'd love to hear from you. And like, like I said, we're, we're releasing weekly and there's updates getting pushed, you know, on the regular. So we're really just excited to continue to have that community grow and keep building a product that is um, even better than what we could imagine today. My final sales pitch is anyone that's listening to this who questioned whether or not functional fitness was for them, this is your chance to find out. Basically there's, we're actually launching an, a full on-ramp course pretty soon here, which will take someone who's literally maybe never even trained at all, all the way through the process. And it's going to be a really great way for them to introduce themselves to the methodology, which, you know, which we're so confident in is, is so powerful. We also have a free trial. So anybody that questions it could go in and try it completely risk-free. That's what I was going to say. I think there's a free trial as well. <laughs> yeah, definitely. All right. All right. Well, thanks guys. I'll close the call. Thank you, Jake. All right. Thanks for having us. Talk to you later. Bye.